Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. This is Left, Right, and Center. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us today, both of whom believe deeply, madly, truly in UFOs. But I can't tell you why. Yeah, but he can't, yeah, they can't, <laughs> they can't say why. Because they're, they're, they're both part of the cover-up. Uh, gentlemen, I want to ask you about uh, unidentified financial objects today. We're still talking about UFOs. The Prime Minister has said recently that he'd like to see some reforms in terms of funding for political parties. And one of the things he's talking about doing is putting limits on corporate donations. We know that many corporations in this country contribute large amounts of money to political parties. Um, the larger corporations tend to contribute to all the parties, or at least uh, you know two or three, uh, the ones they think most likely to form the government. The one they think is most likely to form the government tends to get the most money. Um, it is explained by people at the corporate level as simply being good corporate citizens. We're trying to to uh, help the process. Uh, there's nothing wrong if we think that a particular government has the best interests of Canada as we view Canada at heart, then we want to support them. Uh, critics say, well, it's not appropriate for corporations who really it's not their money it's their shareholders money it's not appropriate for them to do that and the prime minister seems to have, have given sort of his tacit approval to that we are t also told there's been a bit of a backbench uh, revolt against this because um, many of the backbenchers don't get elected without corporate donations um, they don't necessarily have the sort of grassroots support in their writings but they do have lots of access to corporate cash and that's what keeps them in there we don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, my my personal suspicion is we won't see any meaningful change because politicians don't ever like to change the way the money gets into their pockets. Um, but I'd like to ask each of you in turn, in the best of all possible worlds, how would we fund political parties? Or do we need to fund them at all? And Bob, you're very active with a political mm -hmm. party. Freedom well, party here. I Australia. raise money for a political yeah. party. So, so... In in terms of of your sense sensibilities and your sense of ethics about surrounding politics, uh, is there anybody you wouldn't take money from, or any amount of money you wouldn't take people for, take from people? Well, or? we're limited by by law already, so I don't know what kind of limits they're talking about. A corporation is only allowed to give seven thousand dollars a year to a political party in in, in Ontario, anyway. And well, I know there's similar. Uh, restrictions fed federally, though I don't know the numbers. Well, the way they do it, of uh, course, is they give you know five thousand dollars to this candidate, five thousand to that candidate, five thousand to that candidate, and very quickly get past any kind of limitation. No, or the limit is cumulative. It depends on if it, whether you add up ridings or anything like well, that. Well, they also have uh, the thousand dollar plate dinners and all that stuff too, though, mm -hmm. and they buy tables there and all that stuff. At the federal level, every year when they release the numbers about who gave what to whom, there are figures there into the six figures people who've given six figures to political parties, mm -hmm. companies. Oh, so, sure. so they're Banks getting around it somehow. They are getting around. I'd like to learn how they do that because <laughs> the only way that we raise money is through the voluntary process. You phone people up and or, or they give you money out of their kindness of their hearts. And that's the way a political party should be run and only by that. I don't think there should be limits on donations in terms of who can give. You can put limits on who gets a tax credit. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's that's an issue. I think there are already spending limits too. You know, And the problem with electoral regulators, as I have learned, is that they create a set of rules, and then there's a subset of rules that are made to break the set of rules, and it's explicit. Mm -hmm. They have workshops for us. They mm -hmm. tell us how to get around the rules. They mm -hmm. tell us how you do this. You don't say this to somebody. You can't raise money for this, but you can spend it on this. Just tell them you're raising it for something else, this kind of thing, you know? And so... Um, 
with the spending limits in place, if there was some sort of, like, I mean, if you want to have an equal playing field, that's the idea. Every every election, uh, the Electoral Commission sends out these sheets that say how much population there is in your riding, and they determine how much per person in the riding you are permitted to spend. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't matter if you had a billion dollars or $10,000. You can't spend over that amount of money during the election period. It's between elections that all the fundraising is done and uh, the real spending and there's there's a lot less control i know in ontario a political party may spend money on any purpose it wants i mean a political party can legally raise money from you and go spend it on a trip to florida for all its members mm-hmm. that would be perfectly legal mm-hmm. as long as they didn't tell you that that's what they were raising the money for mm. because that would have been a, a contract so okay so that's the reality what what should it be you said a minute or two ago you didn't think it should, should be, be just voluntary now the other thing that i think should be stopped in terms of funding of political parties is taxpayer subsidy mm-hmm. good heavens go after that before you start with corporations at least that's a voluntary area of activity mm-hmm. but we as taxpayers are forced to give money to the political parties that we may not agree with if if they attain a certain percentage of the vote mm-hmm. in ontario now it's 10 percent used to be 15 so any candidate or political party that gets 10 percent of the vote in this riding taxpayer has to fund a portion of his campaign and he gets refunded his money that's ridiculous now jeff you've worked with the liberal party many times and in many situations as a as a campaign worker and a, and a fundraiser and whatnot uh what would you like to see well i think it's a good idea to uh, to take corporations out of the loop if we can and one of the things about that i suppose is that wealthy people would remain free to donate to whoever they want to and there's no question that they're still going to have a lot of influence that way but i think that what we see is what's happened in the united states where where they've gotten out of control with their uh, with their campaign spending and you talk about how many millions of dollars it, it costs uh, to, well, certainly to run for president if you want to do that, but even if you want to get elected to Congress, so the equivalent of our uh, running as a member of parliament, it's uh, between two and three million dollars that you have to raise, whereas in Canada, the equivalent number would be about 50,000 Canadian, and uh, I, I guess there are two things about that. The first is that I'm not confident that you're going to get a smarter, better candidate with your two or three million having spent. The other thing is that the only way you can hope to gather anything like that amount of money is by, is by getting donations large donations from corporations and there's a fundamental paradox in the sense that uh, as you pointed out the money is not the money of the officers of the corporation it's the money of the shareholders the officers of the corporation have an obligation to maximize shareholder value and that is to only spend money that where it's in the best interest of the shareholders to do that so by definition they can't donate money to a political party unless they're getting something valuable in return that's the fundamental thing. If, if they say we're giving it and we have no expectation of any kind of influence or anything like that, then they're ripping off the shareholders. So they can only donate money when they say, don't worry, we're, we're giving this money, but it's a good investment because we're going to get it back for our company. What if they say it's an investment in our society, though, where we're not, we may not benefit directly the same as charitable donations from corporations? Like a lot of well, companies over, would have benefited from free trade when over, Mulroney oh, But was over in. and over we've seen, though, that companies, when it, when it suits their interests, will say the reason that we can't bring in better environmental standards and so on is because we have an obligation to maximize shareholder value, which over and over is seen as meaning we need to keep the stock price up, but we need to declare our dividends. Uh, I've never seen a, a corporation argue that we have an obligation to spend more on pollution equipment and all that kind of stuff uh, because we're interested in the broader society. Realistically, again, it's about gathering money for shareholders. That's that, At least that's what's traditionally seen as being the obligation of officers of a company. They're supposed to make money. Uh, so again, you have this paradox that on the one hand, they have to be assuring the shareholders, if we donate a lot of money to a, a party, don't worry, it's going to have value for us, we're going to have some influence, but on the other hand, they have to say, when they donate the money, we're not expecting anything back in return for this. But 
One of the ways of raising money that we've seen is that it's not uncommon that they'll have private meetings, for instance, where again, for $500 a plate or $1,000 a plate, you'll have a small dinner with Ernie Eves or Paul Martin or Jean Chrétien, and that's about access. You're going to have some private time with him where you can talk to him, which the average person just will never get. They're buying that. that that's wrong. If we... If we uh Look at the broader picture, and Bob, you alluded to this earlier about about taxpayer, some taxpayer money going. It has been just suggested by some people that that should be the only money that's available. That, that <laughs> outrageous, outrageous. That there should be some kind of a some kind of a fund, or you know, check on your uh, tax return or whatever, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever goes into a large fund, and that's all the money that any candidate has access to. All the candidates have access equally, and they can get out there and make their case e- as equally as possible. Uh, without uh, fear or favor being shown. What's wrong with that? Everything. Everything. I can't... Tell me what's right with it. Give me one good point about it. Well, one argument that's made is that it creates a level playing field. Well, politics isn't a level playing field. There's winners and losers. It's one game that you don't play on a level playing field. And that means that the guy who's spent 10 years working his butt off, putting effort into his his organization or building something solid, is going to be treated the same as some fly-by-night candidate who comes in at the last minute. They're going to have the same budget, the same money. It's unfair on every level. It's obscene. I can't even imagine thinking like that. Um, Everything that is... you know, if you're pushing for a cause or anything like that, it should always be voluntarily funded. And this idea of limiting contributions from corporations as such is not going to change anything. All it will change is the information the voter and taxpayer has at his disposal. We will no longer know which corporation is backing up X party because mm-hmm. it'll just be the the owners or their individual shareholders whose names may appear. At least now, you can see who's supporting what party, and you would discover that the liberals and conservatives split the corporate vote about even. The NDP gets union money, which is another issue again, and that shouldn't well, be an issue. The Prime Minister has said if corporate donations go, then union donations have to go as well. Absolutely, because they're, they're part and parcel of the same uh, collective in that sense. Now, you can argue that corporations and unions, quote, don't vote. Okay, and therefore they shouldn't be part of a political party. But political parties aren't about voting. They're about organizing. They're about building uh, a whole movement that you can organize individuals around. So what agency you use to get money to a political party, I think, should be as free as possible. Let me tell you, other parties set up all sorts of... uh, trust funds and things on the side to collect money with. But it makes sense to me that, it, that if people vote, corporations don't vote, that people are the ones who should donate to the parties as well. And again, that anybody who owns a company is free to donate money as much as they want individually. But uh, again, the idea of interposing a corporation and saying it's you know there are advantages to corporations doing it, I just think that's, that's an artificial construct. Well, let me again, give you an example. For example, Freedom Party gets maybe between $200 and $1,000 in, quote, corporate donations in a year, because really we don't get any. Mm-hmm. But the corporations we get from are some some little single guy who has a corporate company. Yeah. His, his company's operating under John Smith, Inc. Yeah. Okay, so he gives us his money through his company. That's a corporate donation. Give me a break. Well, that's, that's, and, and he's he's probably the only shareholder, okay? So he, if you put it in his name or his company's name, um, what difference does that really make? Well, that's right. I think it's the it's the big donations, and most of the donations are made to the parties who they expect to be in power. Uh, for starters, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but but within reason, because if you look at the lists again, the last time around, and I can't quote it now verbatim, but the Tories Tories continue to get a fair amount of money. Some of the larger corporations and some of the larger banks uh, gave almost you know r- roughly similar amounts to both the federal the Tor- to the, yeah at the federal yeah. level. Who's bringing this up, John Chrétien? Yeah, John Chrétien. Well, you know what that's got to be about. 
It's his he's legacy. Con- he's concerned that the other side's getting more cor- corporate dollars. I don't, so. <laughs> I don't think so. If he had done it 10 years ago, that would have been true. Yeah. But you're right, it's his legacy now. Yeah. But he's saying this is one of those things about politics that's kind of unseemly. It's unseemly that, you know, inevitably when we find out that some corporation has got some contract that, that has turned out to have a lot of fat in it, that we find out that that corporation made a large donation to the party. We've seen that with Accenture right now with the with the um, a thing the auditor just came out with, with the new welfare system that Accenture designed as former Anderson Consulting, Arthur mm-hmm. Anderson. I... I I I noticed these things. I noticed those guys made large donations to the Tory party. It's the same thing with, uh, what's another one? It's It's like Canadian Highway Corporation or something that, again, they made large donations to the Tory party and then they were awarded lucrative contracts. And we see that as unseemly. It just doesn't look good. It looks like pork barreling. So I think the idea, Gretchen's saying, I'm not going to be around anymore. I don't have to do any more fundraising. So you guys shouldn't be doing that pork barreling anymore. And that's why his MPs are revolting. Yeah, well, they're still going to be around. Well, some of them are revolting anyway, but that's a whole other (laughs) story. We have to pause for a second. If you'd care to join the discussion this morning, 643 1290, star 1290 in the Rogers AT&T. Uh, that's one cheap shot for the politicians against the politicians today. I think that's the first one, isn't it, Ryan? Second. Second? Okay. All right, we're, keeping, we're keeping track for those people who will complain inevitably after the program. Uh, we will be back in just a moment with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Schlemmer Metz with us today on Left, Right, and Center talking about campaign financing, political financing. The Prime Minister wants to reduce the amount of money that corporations can give to political parties. Many of the people on the backbenches and all the parties are saying, no, you can't do that because they depend on that money to get elected. Keep their noses in the trough. What, are they, what would we do if you take our money away? Uh, Prime Minister, well, he's been at the trough long enough. He's wandering away, so doesn't much care. Well, at least that's my analysis. Not everybody shares that, but we're asking you what you think about it today. We've heard what Jeff and Bob have to say. Let's go to Ian. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Good. I don't think it's any different than uh, a politician um, being responsible for legislation that uh, benefits certain companies, and then after they're finished in politics, they just happen to sit on their board of directors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, Mr. Peterson was former Premier of Ontario, is on the boards of 21 companies now. So um, many of them insurance companies, and as you know, they passed the no-fault uh, insurance during his tenure. Mm-hmm. And uh, or is it any different with uh, uh, the Liberals uh, getting money from uh, or giving untenured contracts to uh, a firm that, where his son-in-law just happens to be on the board? Yeah, I think they should. There's always take ways around to. There's always ways to, you're going to they're going to get their money one way or another, or the rewards one way or another. Mm-hmm. But shouldn't we make it hard for them if we can? Well, sure, we should. All that's bad. Well, you know how you make it hard for them. I think Ian, Ian actually brought up the point I was going to bring up next, and that's the, the, the more fundamental problem. Governments should not be even allowed to be in the business of representing rights or representing interests instead of rights. They're, they're two different things. And when you've got corporate interests and even personal interests or political interests or union interests being enacted through government, that creates the environment in which funding will be put in a certain way and you're going to get all kinds of people giving money to political parties to get something for nothing, they hope, in the end. That's basically the formula. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should so, never give up on fighting it. <laughs> well, I, I agree, but the only way to do that Resistance is to get governments... If governments were only in the business of protecting our fundamental rights and freedoms, as are outlined in the Constitution, there wouldn't be that much for them to do. And, there, and, and doing that wouldn't be in anybody's particular interest. It would be in the general public interest. And nobody's in politics for that that I've ever heard of. But it's interesting, this idea that I wonder if sometimes good things come out of lame ducks. You know, you've got somebody who just doesn't have an, uh, a reason to uh, to be involved in the system that they're getting out, and they can see some things they haven't liked over the years, and they want to take a whack at getting rid of it on their way out the door. It might be, you know, not a bad thing if, if there are some things that they can change because they just don't have a vested interest anymore. 
Well, it would be all right if the goal would actually accomplish, or, or if the if the uh, method would actually accomplish the goal. I don't think eliminating corporate donations or even union donations is going to change very much in terms of the use of government. Yeah. Maybe a start, though, and I guess the other thing is we don't want to get into the American situation where it costs $2 million to get Sue Barnes elected. <laughs> For example. I don't want to bet they're raising $2 million, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, we've got some wheat farmers out west who have gone to jail because they were selling the wheat that they grew on mm -hmm. their land to people they wanted to sell. Mm -hmm. We put them in jail. Well, they wanted, okay, now they who's they wanted Trudeau to sell is it, didn't they? Isn't that the whole thing? <laughs> Trudeau said, why should I sell your wheat? You know, that uh, mm -hmm. First they say they want the government to sell it, and then when they do, there's uh, some people who say, no, we didn't want that after all. I I don't think there was ever a majority that wanted it. It was always a few special interests who probably yeah. aren't doing as well as the rest who want the government to come in and control things to make everything an equal playing field. There's that word again. Go again. And yeah. then it's never equal, and then so people end take, up going to jail. How to take self-interest out of government? How hard, that, how hard, how hard can that be? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> pretty easy if you're operating on a certain principle. Well, I remember, Jim, you once suggested that people should only get one term. When you run, you should have one term, and that's it. You're going to get in there and do what you think is right, and you don't care about whether you can get reelected. You don't care about fundraising and all that stuff because you're in, and you're going to just do your, the best thing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to be said for that, and I think that uh, the advantage of experience that, that, that some people may argue offsets that isn't enough. There's enough qualified, intelligent people out there that maybe we should just you have one term. You get one term, and that's if it. You, if, if we were really interested in having a, quote, level playing field, let's, let's go with that for a minute. I can only think of one way to do it, and that's to ban all spending on elections, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. And federally and provincially, you have maybe three all-candidates debates that the major networks set up, and all the candidates go and they say their piece. In each riding or, or a group of ridings, you do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Have two or three. That's They're a great sponsored idea. by other things. Nobody can pay a cent anything like that, you listen to what's being said by the candidates and you go through that format. Nobody can spend anything. That would probably be the only way to create a level playing field. That's a great idea. I wouldn't object to that. At, no, at least I, trying it. I basically wouldn't either, but that still wouldn't eliminate the existence of political parties and movements and lobby groups and no, things like that's that. Fine. But I, I hate the spin doctoring. You know, I hate the millions and millions spent on TV ads. Uh, like, it's like the hydro ads now that we're all going to see that uh, using our money to convince us that uh, the government's in the right and doing what they're doing on hydro, it's like, well, it's one thing for you to say it, but don't expect me to pay for it. You know? I don't mind them saying it as long as they give the money back that they spent to tell us the other thing six months ago. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> no, I, want that, I want all that money back. I want a tax refund for all the money they spent to tell us that, that the 180 degree plan they used to have was the right one. Yeah, that's the terribly frustrating. But thing all, the, to all me this advertising and spinning and all that stuff to me, a lot, most of it's designed to take you away from reality, to take you away from the truth and so on, to persuade you that black is white and so on. And I'd be happy if we didn't have the money to buy all that stuff. You know, you could uh, convince me very easily to do that, and I think you could convince me very easily to to uh, to get the media involved much more than we are now. Um, I mean, the media are controlled uh, in this country, are controlled at the federal level, they're under federal legislation. You could easily say, you know, you are mandated to do this, 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 and this in every election, to provide this much coverage, to provide these many meetings. Television could do it. I mean, we could suspend the economic life of our nation for a few days every three or four years, I think, without seeing the economic crash I don't, I don't even think it would ground. be that oh, big yeah. an investment. Well, probably yeah. not, but, but, you know, there are people who would say, oh, we can't do that because everybody wants to watch, you know, the survival tonight while tough and those people who wanted to watch Survivor could uh, tune on to American Station anyway. So you'd get people who are truly interested in the political process would be the only people who'd pay attention, and I'm not convinced that's such a bad thing. Yeah. And uh, away you go. Let's do it. 
No, that's right. That's another way of looking at it is what are we getting for the for all the donations? Like what value are we as citizens getting out of all the uh, ads and so on that we get that the, the money is spent on for these these donations? I, I don't know that it really makes for a better democracy. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced it does either. Gentlemen, we're out of time. Thanks to both of you for Thanks, joining Jim. us today. Thank you, Jim. Very thought-provoking discussion today and one which I know we will have more of or more versions, more, uh, more help me with this, Ryan. More, <laughs> more, just well, more. you'll continue on with we'll some continue great with conversations Thank you very much. Later. Yes, yeah, yeah. As, uh, as the uh, inevitable elections that are all hovering in the offing now in the next couple of years. We'll have three of them in the next couple of years. We'll have lots of chance to talk about this. Thanks to Bob Metz and Josh Lemmer for joining us today. Stay with us. We've got news, weather, and sports coming up. More on the other side here on News Talk 1290.